Discord. <laughs> All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is the inaugural podcast for The Caring Economy with Toby Usnick. I am Toby Usnick, author of The Caring Economy, and I'm so grateful to have my friend and colleague, Joe Evangelisti, with us today as our first guest. Joe is the head of ex worldwide corporate communications at JP Morgan. He has almost been a lifer there starting in 1986, right out of college. He graduated from UVA. And we're just, we're just going to jump right into it, if it's all right with you, Joe. Um, welcome. Much, Toby. Okay. So, Joe, um, can you give us, give the audience a brief overview of your professional journey, particularly noting the pivots or the, the inflection points that moved you from position to position along the way? Well, I started, as you said, about 35 years ago at old, old JP Morgan, and it was a very different company than it is today. It was 12,000 employees. We're now 260,000 employees, so it's grown substantially. Um, if you look back to when I started and looked at a list of the 10 largest banks in America, we're now seven of those combined. We're manufacturers Hanover, and we're Chase, and we're JP Morgan, and we're Chemical, and we're Bank One, and we're Washington Mutual, and we're First Chicago, all in one. So even though I've worked at the same company for a long, long time, it's changed a lot. Um, a couple of times along the way, we were bought, and I would say those were the big pivots for me, because typically when you're in a communications or CR function and you're bought, the, the acquiring company pretty much takes control. And what I found there is that there's plenty of room for good people. Um, you just have to dive in uh, with the new group. You have to sort of energize them. You have to not play games. You have to offer them solutions. You have to be sort of, um, you have to be there to help and do whatever you can do. And I found that in the, those were the two biggest transitions in my career. Maybe the third was going off to London to run corporate communications for four years out of there. Um, sort of being your own boss and see, being able to pull everything together. Great. You know, I, I share your, uh, your international scope in your work and your career, and I'll be interested as we talk this afternoon on, on uh, how that comes into the mix with corporate social responsibility, because it's one thing to do something in your hometown, but when you work in a heavily matrixed global organization, and in your case, a heavily regulated one, I'm sure it's really quite nuanced and exciting at the same time. Absolutely. So Joe, give us a little, give us a little sort of um, a description or definition, if you would, first of all, of what you personally think of as corporate social responsibility. And then um, perhaps we'll go into a little bit more about how that manifests itself at J.P. Morgan Chase. Yep. And, and pardon me for calling it corporate responsibility, because that's what we sort of switched it over to at the firm, but um, they're interchangeable. Um, I, I call it lowercase corporate social responsibility. Because um, if you go back to decades ago when I started here uh, with this company, if we were earning a lot of money, if our products were number one, two, or three, if we were popular with customers, if we were on the top of different rankings, if the stock was doing well, that was all you needed right then. That was all you needed to get good press, to have everybody happy, so on and so forth. Now you kind of need all that, but now the public and all the different constituencies, <laughs> all the different constituencies, I see we have a fan club there. Uh, all the constituencies are saying, do we like you? Um, do you care about us? Are you part of the problem? Are you part of the solution? Are you too big? Is the game rigged? Are you honest? 
And so it's, and so what I call this sort of lowercase corporate social responsibility is all of those things where we have to connect with all of our different constituencies to say, uh, we are a good company. Uh, we do have good products. Uh, we care about the environment where we work. We care about our employees, so on and so forth. It means so much more now than it did um, just a decade ago. Absolutely. I think um, often now, particularly, and we'll talk a little bit more about George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and your LGBT, my LGBTQ advocacy work, and the whole concept of representation and how much that really matters. So I would add to that list of traits you just described for an institution. Also, do I see myself in this brand? Absolutely. Right? Yep. Um, so um, tell us a little bit about maybe one or two of your say favorite aspects of CSR at the bank where you you've been touched or you've seen real impact on the communities in which you live and work. Yeah, I've, I've always been a proponent throughout my whole career here of we can't just be uh, platitudes and pretty slogans and press releases. We actually have to do stuff and we have to change. And so on, on, we've been going through the George Floyd tragedy and um, racial inequality, such a huge focus right now. Uh, I, I, our company is looking deep inside and saying, um, where can we make a difference? And, and, if you, and, and what we keep hearing back is hiring for mm -hmm. senior blacks and others in, in senior roles. Um, and um, lending, providing products and services. And so I've, I've, over these past couple of weeks, I've said, let's not just drum up some stunt. Let's actually take a deep look inside and see if there are major things that we should uh, change here. And I've really felt good about, the company has done a lot of long-term pro uh, programs, has, has thought a lot about a lot of important subjects, um, and, and now is pretty much doubling down. And, and I'm, I'm very pleased that it's, it's about action um, as opposed to just words. And I should let my audience know that I do bank at JP Morgan Chase very happily. <laughs> um, and so I have been exposed to, through that relationship, but also just in New York circles to Jamie Dimon, your CEO, who I think very highly of. But to that end, I wanna ask you a little bit about the role of leadership. You are a great leader. You're in a leadership position in the bank. Um, how has Jamie set the tone and how have the troops lined up and um, really, really made this an impactful kind of commitment to see our corporate responsibility? You need it at the top, but then you also uh, need the top person to, to cascade it across the, the company. And so it really is about, uh, it's, it's how he and other leaders act all day long. Do they treat people uh, fairly? Are they open to ideas? Do they care about the world outside of just our own company? So on and so forth. And you can feel that and then you can also see what gets rewarded? Does bad behavior get rewarded in a company? Do um, short-term answers get rewarded instead of um, long-term solutions? And that's something that you just have to build over and over and over again. You have to walk the talk. Um, it's, a, it's, it's tough when you do a lot of mergers to have a strong culture. Mm -hmm. And don't forget, you can have a strong bad culture or you can have a strong good culture. 
Um, but, but with so many mergers knocking you sideways, um, it's, it's hard to form. It's, it's hard to decide who do you want to be when you grow up. Um, you have to actually decide that and you have to actively decide that. And we've now been for six or eight years without a major acquisition. So we can do that. And so I, I've said to a lot of people around here, we're defining who we are right now by what we do. And Jamie leads that way. Yeah, it's very exciting to watch, particularly globally. I've done some things with your colleague, Jing Sung and the Philanthropy Center out in Hong Kong. I've seen you in action. It's uh, at Seku, who's, uh, I believe, still very much leading the charge across the bank with the African-American community as employees. Yeah, with Advancing Black Pathways. Yeah, which maybe you could talk a little bit about that. I think it's very exciting and really walking the talk, as you said. Yeah, I mean, um, back to what I said a moment ago about walking the talk, uh, it would have been very easy for us just during this recent crisis, and it's not a recent crisis, we know, but, but um, as it's grabbed America's attention and the world's attention, it would have been very easy to just put out a new program. Um, but what we've done is, um, for the black community, um, much longer. We've worked on something called Advancing Cities, where, where we're trying to work with a lot of inner cities to help uh, bring them up in terms of skills and education. Advancing Black Pathways, where we're trying to find out why after a certain level, um, black executives don't go any higher at our firm in many cases, or they don't want to stay at our firm, or it's harder to recruit them. And Seku has had really good focus with the rest of the company on putting a focus on that, finding the reasons why, and actually making a lot of progress, especially at the top levels of managing director, but, but still a lot of um, work to do. We do something for about five years called Entrepreneurs of Color, where a lot of small business people just couldn't get loans, um, didn't have the support systems in place, couldn't get a traditional loan, and, and work um, with a lot of those businesses. It's, it's amazing um, about not, we've gotten about the money that we've lent out. Um, we have some of the highest paybacks um, returns wow. ever. Um, they're good credits. You just have to put your arms around people who are, who are underserved. Yes. And, and so it's, there's a lot of programs out there, but as I said, there's a ton more to do. Well done. I, I know to that point, um, I, I, I've written and talk regularly about how the CSR is good business and you're proving it there. I also know that you and Jamie and the executive team do a regular sort of bus tour where you literally take it to the field and you're going across the country on the bus like a political campaign. So you're not just in an ivory tower on Park Avenue and talking to yourselves, right? You're literally yeah. talking. Um, we love the bus tours. We pick a different part of America um, every year. We've just done them in America. We get on a giant bus. We go from town to town. We do something where we, um, we take about six um, branch workers or so on and so forth or, or call center workers and we call them hostages. We give them beer and immunity. We put them in the bus for about 45 minutes with, with Jamie and the leadership team and we just tell them, tell us everything you want us to do better. Tell us any ideas you have and, 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 and we're gonna get back to you on every single one of these. And by the way, you know, if you haven't been able to get your ideas through, you know, call us directly even after this bus tour. And then we come back from the bus tour with about 200 great ideas in addition to things that we just see on the way. And we go back on every one of them to figure out what we can do better. And we've had amazing ideas come out of it. Um, it's, it's, I mean, 
big things have come out of this. And Can so you share from that, sorry to interrupt, could you share uh, maybe there's an aha moment in that with one person, maybe you don't have to name names, or is, is there one time where you were just particularly struck at how simple and wonderful an idea was, or a person's passion was, or where you just kind of paused and thought, wow, I, I never thought of that. It's fine if you don't have an answer, but. No, I do have an answer. I mean, I'm not sure it's total CSR related, but it is customer service related. Uh, the, a whole bunch of kids, um, especially immigrants, were going to school at colleges across America and they didn't know how to get a bank account. And they'd land at LAX or they'd land at JFK and they uh, didn't have a lot of money and they didn't know where to start and um, and they typically went to the bank that was closest to their school mm -hmm. and we thought why don't we develop products just for them to help them um, starting in life starting in America and open branches next to the schools because they didn't have cars mm -hmm. and um, we've done that now in 80 different um, college towns and it's, it's, it's amazing, it's a small thing, um, but it's sort of bringing a service to a community that wasn't being served. And did that, did you meet one of those students along the way on a tour or how? No, we met, believe it or not, a branch manager who was near Pepperdine University in Southern California and said, um, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing all these kids in the airport and there's another bank which has a van and is taking them to their branch 15 miles away from the school. Why go. can't we um, have a, a branch right next to the college? And, I'm, and it's just been replicated incredibly successfully across America. Well, that's fantastic. I have a college across the street from me here, Bard College. Maybe I'll see what <laughs> kind of representation you have here in <laughs> where I am today. Hey, so thinking of um, you know some of these great efforts you have done at J.P. Morgan Chase over the years, like the corporate challenge, um, really getting not just your own employees out, but getting, giving a platform to banks and corporations and businesses around the world to get their employees out in a great cause. I wonder, um, the question is that old proverb, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Or as Dorothy Parker at the round table famously said, you can lead a whore to culture, but you can't make her think. So. <laughs> How do you get your employees to really engage with this kind of stuff? There's a certain emotional appeal for some, but not all. So I wonder what success, how you achieve success at J.P. Morgan Chase with engagement. Well, it goes back to something you said, which is being a good corporate citizen is actually good for your company too. Mm -hmm. And so what we try to do is we try not to go too far out of our lane, we actually try to work with employees uh, to actually build up communities um, where we do business. And so it is a virtuous circle there. So they see the logic to um, helping out um, small businesses, to, to um, connecting kids with the right skills to get jobs and then to watch a community thrive and so on and so forth. So they sort of see a path to what they're doing and see the good 
and then how it, how it benefits the community. And then quite frankly, selfishly, how it benefits our company because we only thrive if a community is in good shape. Yes. And, and it's, it's a great connection. I mean, we uh, in CSR, um, formally we focus on jobs and skills. We focus on inner city and we focus on um, neighborhood revitalization. Mm -hmm. And those all are core to the success of a bank. Um, so we do that. But then um, to a broader point, we do want to bring in audiences beyond our own employees and beyond, uh, beyond uh, even communities where we do work. So for example, during COVID, uh, we used our talent that we already have hired at JP Morgan, people like Serena Williams and Kevin Hart and Steph Curry. And, and we decided all these kids couldn't have a high school graduation. So we developed something called Show Me Your Walk. We wanted, to, um, we wanted uh, kids to walk up and get their diploma and then to put it out there. We were gonna put it on our Times Square billboard. And then we were going to have um, some of our, our, um, our folks and our spokespeople talk to these kids and they love seeing Steph and Kevin and Serena. And then fortunately, President Obama decided that he was going to join uh, too, which was just absolutely um, wonderful. And that's a way we can encourage kids, um, you know, high school graduation. Um, we can help them during a COVID crisis when they're feeling like this big moment has passed them by and celebrate with them. So yeah. there's a lot we can do. Well, you know, that's a perfect segue to another question about mentorship. Um, I wonder both professionally, if you have a mentor that you might want to cite that uh, really helped you uh, leapfrog to where you are in life, uh, or if, uh, and also um, perhaps you could talk a little bit about how you try and mentor in your own, in your own daily life, um, sort of paying it forward. Oh, yep. It's sort of, it's, and they're, they're tied together, obviously. I have to actually say it's, you know, my brother, Michael, five years older than I was because we grew up um, and, and uh, we grew up uh, with not a lot of money, but still wonderful neighborhood and privilege and, and so on and so forth. Um, but my brother, Michael, would, would give me little pushes along the way. When I went to the job interview, he'd buy my suit. When I wanted to interview at a college, he, he had a car and he would drive me uh, to the school. Uh, my parents were just, you know, they were just trying to raise the five kids and, and he always did these little extra steps and extra advice. And I, I kept thinking, you know, these tiny little things he did completely changed my life just because they got me over a hump. Mm -hmm. They bridged me to something. They made a connection. And so I, I see that, that there's so much talent and there's so many good people out there that all some need is just a little uh, prop up, a little move you in this direction, a little good advice, a little give a chance. And so I've been trying to do that my whole career. Mostly I, I, I confessed for junior talent. Um, I probably should do it more with senior talent, but with uh, junior talent, um, I do, I, at work, because we have about 400 or so people in my department, I, I try to do um, lunches and meetings with people a few levels down the associates, the VPs, folks that I don't actually know and just learn about them and have them learn about each other. We've been doing one every other day during the past five weeks just because we want to pull people together. 
And then, um, and it's, it's great to put people on a radar screen and then to give them that little help, that little nudge. Yep. And the validation, right? When someone takes an interest in us, it's, it, it validates. And, and I'm never, I'm never disappointed at any time I decide to delegate or give somebody an opportunity. I get a little nervous because I love hugging it all to myself and doing it myself and saying, I got to get it done. I'm always pleasantly surprised. Yes. Always outperform. Always. It's you know what else? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, that's it. I would also, I try and do the same, Joe. And uh, I would say that also one of my joys in life, because we're the same age, um, is that um, it comes back in in droves. The the good, you know, someone may leave a different career, go on a different career journey, but you see them later in life. They have kids. They keep you in their lives. COVID really helped me realize yet again how the networks I had built or managed at Christie's and elsewhere, those relationships live on and we are in each other's lives more than ever actually right now than we have been Absolutely. in a long time. It's very Absolutely. sad. Yeah. So Joe, I'm mindful of the time. We have a couple more minutes for the audience. Um, COVID has been, and, and, and I mean, so much has been happening. And I always say CSR is like a muscle. If you exercise it, it will make your firm more nimble for whatever crises come along, whether it's George Floyd, Black Lives Matter. But um, those issues or COVID-19, what have been some of the silver linings? I'm sure you've seen them as well as the painful anguish moments. What's, how, what are some of the silver linings you have seen in, in sort of with your, your CSR glasses on at the bank? Well, you know, the, the, CR, the CSR lens is how can we do better for our country and, and our world? How can we make this a better place? And then when you go into crisis, it's great to see that just transfer straight into the business. How do we do business? So during COVID crisis, a lot of companies, big and small, were hurting. So actually, let's just talk about big. Um, you know, we, we've been talking about the small. How do we help a small company? Um, and these were public deals, but we went out and raised billions of dollars for Carnival Cruise Lines, uh, for Boeing, for United Airlines, for Marriott. And, and these are companies with hundreds of thousands of employees. And our people were thinking when we were doing these uh, transactions, how many jobs are getting saved um, right now? How many people are going to be able to continue working because of that? And it was a great, it's the muscle of, you know, it can't just be about profit and loss. Hey, we might lose some more money on this deal. Yeah. Um, it's about, and, and it was great to actually be in that um, frame of mind um, when we were working with it. Terrific. You know, Joe, I would, I'd love to have you back another time to hear more about things like the business roundtable where Jamie is on on board and really talks about the fact that purpose and profit are in fact inextricably linked. So Joe, I, I have to end it here, but I want to say congratulations. You're my inaugural guest and thank you so much. Um, and dear, dear audience members, please know that we will be airing every Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. And you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor, Breaker, Radio Public, and Podcasts writ large. So thank you and stay tuned. And Joe, thank you again. Have a great day. Thanks, Toby. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Uh...